Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new show here on JoyClicks, The Long Play Club. This is the first in a series we'll be doing where we do some deep dives, uh, definitive playthroughs, very in-depth talks about some games that we want to play here on the channel. Uh, we're kicking off with Metal Gear Solid 1. My name is Christian Buckley. I'm joined by special guest, Omar Nakvi. Hey! Hey, you're back! <laughs> I am back. I was on the channel at one point. Yeah. What's up? I'm happy to have you here. You're the, you're the biggest Metal Gear fan I know. Oh, wow. Thank you. It mm -hmm. feels great to be back. Thank yeah. you for having me. Uh, also joining us is Jack Martin. Hello. Good to be here. Mm -hmm. uh, I know we've been talking about this particular show for a while, so mm -hmm. seeing the fruits of its labors are, are very nice, and it's good to be here with all of you. Of course. And rounding out the panel for the Long Play Club here, we got Kevin Diaz, of course. Uh, Kevin, this is your first time playing Metal Gear Solid. It is indeed. It is indeed. Mm -hmm. It is indeed. It's, I think, going to actually be, which might be embarrassing to admit as I run a Playstation channel, this might be my first PS1 game I, th I, I think, fully beat. You, you know? Beat, and, you like, seven. fully play through. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, no, you're right. Okay, never mind. Just kidding. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Second. Or, you know, amongst, amongst the very, very small list of PS1 that I'm not super familiar with so sure uh i'm excited and uh yeah definitely definitely excited to do this for sure fantastic uh well housekeeping this show will be releasing on youtube.com slash joy as well as podcast services like apple Podcasts and spotify every monday uh so if you want to follow along episodes will come out on mondays uh probably 9 a.m and we'll be breaking metal gear solid up into four chunks this week is the beginning we played through the beginning of the game up until uh, the Revolver Ocelot fight, and we saved as soon as we could after that fight con concludes. Um, before we dive in on the game as a whole, I would like to establish for listeners and people who may be following along a couple rules. One, we're not doing future spoilers, okay? We're not going to make connections to all these things of like, hey, I'm doing a replay from my perspective, and I'm noticing these things that get fleshed out in future Metal Gear games. That's off the table. This is strictly a solid look in depth at Metal Gear Solid as it exists. So um, why don't we start with going through briefly our histories of Metal Gear, if we're returning, how we're playing this one. Um, Jack, do you want to kick off this section? Yeah. Um, so I started playing Metal Gear Solid with Metal Gear Solid 4. Because um, I got a PS3 in 2012, and that was a game that my buddy had for his PS3, so he just let me borrow it, and I played through not knowing the story at all and being mostly confused, but like by the end of it, being like, wow, that was an incredible experience despite my confusion because of just everything that was going on in that game. And then eventually I went back and I got the Legacy Collection for the PS3 and went through 1, 2, 3, and 4. I never played Peace Walker um, and then in 2015, Metal Gear Solid 5 came out, and it was one of my favorite games of all time. It's in my top 10. So um, I played that game extensively, but the original four, um, I haven't played as much. One, mm -hmm. two, and three, I've only played once in high school. So this is like me going back into it with pretty much fresh eyes because I don't remember everything from those games. For sure. Yeah. I, I think myself and Omar are in a similar page in terms of revisiting the series but uh omar i know i think you're the person who introduced me to metal gear 
So like, okay, like recap your history for everybody because I, I I think you have some really interesting takes on the series in Kojima. So let's hear it. Uh, my history is a bit convoluted. Um, I think I got really excited about Metal Gear Solid when Snake was coming to Smash Bros. But my uh, family wouldn't let me play it because it was rated M. But my brother uh, had bought Show and Tell. Oh snap! This thing, the the essential collection on PS2, Whoa. and uh, yes. I convinced my parents to let me watch him play uh, one at least. So that was like my first time really seeing one. Uh, but then by the time two came around, my mom said no more of this. Um, <laughs> so that was like what 2008, 2000. Yeah, it's something like that. And then Metal Gear Solid 4 had come out, and I tried to convince my mom to let me play that one, and she said no. But a year later, I made a PowerPoint trying to convince her, no, I, I need to play this game, and that won her <laughs> over. So then I played Metal Gear Solid 4 as my first Metal Gear Solid, really. And then, uh, yeah, like Jack, that was, I barely knew what was going on, but it's such an incredible experience. It was like the movie, right, or something. Uh, just me in a basement uh, being like 11 years old, just like soaking in all that story. And uh, honestly, it probably got, kind of got me into movies, too. And shortly after that, I played Metal Gear Solid 1 for, my, for the first time for, on my own. And uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, I waited till the HD collection came out. And then, yeah, I was just playing the games as they came. I didn't play Peace Walker either. I played Rising on day one. I love Rising. Um, and yeah, I, similar to you, Jack, I love Metal Gear Solid 5 a lot. That's like one of my favorite games ever. Mm-hmm. So kind of convoluted, but mm-hmm. great games. Yeah, I... My history with it starts with the PS3 also. Um, I, I was always aware of Metal Gear Solid just because of like, you know, best games of all time lists. And I was like aware of Kojima because of the way people talked about Kojima. But I didn't play Metal Gear until I had a PS3 and I played Metal Gear Solid uh, on the PlayStation 1 Classics library in the PS3. And that was my first time playing a Metal Gear game. I loved it. I have a lot of fondness for this because it was my first one. But after that, I didn't play it, any of them. I think I played like uh, Portable Ops on the PSP, and that's like not canon. Um, but when 5 was coming out, I was I was super excited for 5 because that was 2015. I was like, dang, this is like going to be the, the biggest conclusion to one of this, these long-standing series and games. And... I think I decided to get the I brought I borrowed my brother's Xbox 360 and I got the HD collection. So I in like a week I ran through Metal Gear Solid, uh, Sons of Liberty, Snake Eater. I watched a playthrough of Peace Walker. Eventually played most of it and then I watched Metal Gear Solid 4, all within a week. So they kind of blend together for me and that wasn't probably the best way to retain the very complex storytelling and lore of the series but when five came around also i i love five as well it's it's one of my favorites on the ps4 one of my favorites all time it's a really really good game so i'm, I'm excited to revisit the original and uh give it its fair shot in 2021 but kevin what's poppin 
<laughs> I, I uh, have never played Metal Gear Solid. Right. So this is going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm aware of its gravitas, if you will. I'm aware it's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think what really enabled me to really, like, you know, consider playing Metal Gear, right? Because, like, it's not like I've never been not interested in it. I've just never, you know, wanted to carve out time to actually, like, do the whole series because I falsely assumed that these were big games always, but they're really not. Only, like, MGS5 is the really big one um, in terms of, like, length and all that. But it was falling in love with Death Stranding. That was like, wait a minute. I think that this could work, you know? Like, I think that this could work with me because I adored Death Stranding. The world that, um, you know, was created in that and like the weird terms that even now I'm seeing in the first Metal Gear, like, ah, I get where this all comes from, you know, uh, is really, really cool. So pretty much Death Stranding is my only, you know, foyer into Kojima. So I'm excited to see where it all goes with uh, Metal Gear Solid. So that's pretty much it. Very nice. So uh, we're kicking off. Uh, I'm playing on the PlayStation 1 Classic on easy. Kevin, I think you're also in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Jack and Omar, the two of you are doing the collection on PS3, right? I'm playing on a PS1. Ooh. Ooh. I'm really excited about wow. it. It's my first time playing on um, the PS1 with that. Nice. That's nice. awesome. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I wonder so- what other where like the differences that there is between like the PS3 version and like the OG like regular PS1 versus the classic. Like, is there any like super big differences or not really? No, it's the same game. I think. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think Kevin and I have the advantage of being able to save state with, yeah. the, with the PS1 Classic, right. but I think that's it. I think that's there's no other differences. Um, but I, since Kevin is the newest person to see this, we're going to get into the game now. We'll talk initial impressions, how it holds up. Kevin, when you booted yes. up Metal Gear Solid, yes. let me hear <laughs> what your thoughts were. Like that cutscene... Uh, like the pre-start cutscene, the beginning cutscene, and then transitioning to gameplay. What was your first read seeing this game for the first time? I thought it 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 started out kind of like not how I expected it to. Low key, like I don't really, I don't know what I was expecting in terms of how they were gonna intro this story that we're in. Um, but it it's verbatim like they kind of throw you in a little bit, you know where where you're kind of like learning about the mission at the same time as um snake damn as uh <laughs> as 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 him and um you know you're having like similar questions as him and all that even though like it's not like this is his first mission i think it's his first mission in a while i think is what it's translated like like he's been out of the game for a little bit and now he's back for this one thing i guess mm-hmm. um but in terms of like the actual you know cutscenes, it's really weird how modern it feels when this game was released the same year i was born right like it was very very weird how um you know like like seeing like modern like camera angles and like pans of of certain environments to kind of like let you see where you're about to play in and just different stuff like that that like seemed very cinematic and not what i would imagine like a ps1 game would have ever been you know what i'm saying because like the only 
one that I played most recently was Five Eight Seven, right? And they had like some FMV um, videos here and there throughout the game, but they're very, very few and far between. And um, you know, it's it's mostly just static shots, dialogue given, which which worked, right? But it's weird to see how different and how like forward pushing these cutscenes were shot in and like were set up and all that and how it also works in the same magnitude like it's it's i just found that like very very impressive how he had that like foresight to be able to do certain like scenes that look very modern you know even by our standards today mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so i thought that was super cool about it mm-hmm. for sure yeah because i think like, first blush I think by comparison with your history, like Final Fantasy VII came out the year before this. I think Ocarina of Time came out the year, same year, I think. Yeah, 98, right? Is that the year? I think it was. Is, I know 98's MGS1 and FF7's 97, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think Ocarina of Time and Metal Gear Solid are, yeah, 98 then. Mm-hmm. So, like, two very different games, but the way they handle, like, yeah. their world and fleshing that out is pretty, like, a, a stark difference, you know? So. Oh, like those games compared to Final Fantasy VII, or all of them together? All of them together, really. You know, like yeah. they're pretty close together release-wise. So, because yeah. I, I feel like um, I had just played through Ocarina of Time, like N64 stuff, like same generation of yeah. This is, this is the fifth generation, right, of consoles. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it is going going back to Metal Gear Solid last night. It's like um you forget that they had the full capacity of the CD to like have voice acting and that soundtrack compared to the N64, which had like, I don't know, 16, 32 megabytes on a cart. Like the, there's like no voice acting in that game and the sound is all compressed and there's no, like the music isn't to the level that Metal Gear Solid is and stuff. I don't know. I was just kind of impressed with that production value. That's what struck me the most was the sound of Metal Gear. Um, where like instantly, of course, like we're going back to a 1998 PlayStation One game in that generation, like famously does not age well, like graphically. Um, but just listening to what they were doing with the music and like we said, Omar, like the voiceover and stuff like that, I did not like. I played this before and I went back into it for my second time yesterday, and I was like, I don't remember it being this good. Like, yeah, you could tell that Kojima has like a flair for like for trying to make his games like cinematic in a way like really incorporating film elements into um into this game in particular and that's it's it's pretty evident there and yeah that's what really got me was just like listening to this game and yeah it's beautiful yeah and i think jack you mentioned like graphically it doesn't super hold up i i still really like the style they do to like represent the characters you know because it is distinctly Metal Gear Solid 1, I can't think of other PS1 games that, you know, like, framing and camera angles and stuff aside look this way. Um, and I think a lot of the reason I felt like, wow, this really does hold up, like, from a story perspective and from a presentation point, is I feel like the animations are really good. Like, they're really selling the world feeling like it exists in a cohesive way that really surprised me. And... I played a lot of PS1 games last year, and none of them were at this level at all, which clearly a high bar, big production value, but I, that was another thing that caught my attention too. Also that too, but like one one thing that I noticed what would happen a lot is like um, specifically when you 
go up the first elevator in the game and get like the main um, screen title, or whatever, and all that, which is like, damn, so good. that like, was good. No, that's that's <laughs> yeah. still epic. Yeah. But uh, you go into a little cutscene um, about okay, cool. There's an event over here, event up top. You can go either way. There's guards, whatever, all that. But then when we're leaving a cutscene and going to gameplay, how the screen extends into mm-hmm. like the full. Uh, I think it's probably four by three. I'm assuming. Um, that I think was like a really cool way to convey that. Like, okay, here, like now you have control. Like, like go ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was a really, really neat way of doing that too. That was super, super slick. You know. Yeah, I, I think the way the game throws you into the beginning is is great. And going back to the sound design too, like, and the music. I, I, it's, it's like four seconds, but I feel like the the logo introduction at the beginning where it's like konami and playstation is like the do do yeah doo. i love that so much that's so good i totally forgot about that and i was like whoa <laughs> i like booted the game up multiple times and i was like all right <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah, so a- anything else on first impressions booting it up like clearly it's it's exposition heavy you know we we learned snake's mission with him like kevin said but for i guess the returning people was there anything else that really stood out to you as either not something you remembered, not holding up fully, or or what? I I think what surprised me right now is that like it's exhibition heavy, but it moves uh, at a, like a fast pace, and it doesn't really like you don't really feel like the cutscenes get too long. I feel like personally, where I feel like the later uh, Kojima stuff maybe poisoned me, where I remember like okay, I'm I kind of playing Death Stranding like last year. I was like. Those cutscenes went way longer than this, and maybe oh, hanging yeah. up a bit. Too, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was kind of nice. There's like the feel like this is one of uh, Kojima's like best paced games so far, at least. Sure. Jack, was there anything else for you? Um, I don't think there was anything else that really caught my attention. Um, I agree with you. Like with the visuals, I think the codec in particular shows off some. Like the the designs for the characters speaking to each other on that, I think are, are pretty excellent, mm-hmm. d- despite the limitations of the PS One hardware. For sure. Um, okay, why don't we talk a little bit about the gameplay because that's the immediate thing after the story. Um, I like it. You know, it's pretty straightforward. I'm playing on again the PS One Classic, so I don't have an analog stick, which I think is how I played it on the PS Three. I toggled analog on. Um, because you do have, I think, eight direction movement still, but uh, it's it's trickier sometimes with stealth on the just strictly the D pad. But yeah, the the initial warehouse sequence. Did anybody get caught? Because I absolutely did. Yeah, I died the first time. Okay, yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> is that the um, is that the very first like before the title card? Yeah, like warehouse? when you when you're calling the elevator. I did not get caught, but I don't. I don't mean to brag. Oh, okay. That's okay. Not my <laughs> okay. Okay, uh, bud. Okay. <laughs> okay, bud. Um, I, I'm also playing on easy, so yeah. <laughs> I did my first playthrough. The second time I didn't, but that's just because I knew what I was doing the mm-hmm. second time. You know, which funny story. Tried to record offline, didn't work. Didn't save right. I don't know what happened. Had to do it again. But um, but yeah. So like the the first time I'm the first time the first time I definitely did get caught a few times figuring out like how to crouch and uh you know this this control scheme that i think is more oriented towards like the japanese market if i'm not 
mistaken, right? Yeah, How like circle and stuff? they view yes. yeah, like mm-hmm. X and O, like so getting used to that was a little bit of a hurdle, definitely, and probably and honestly still is, even now. Um, so kind of a difficult thing to kind of you know get down and all that, but and and I think that was the culprit of a lot of my mistakes, you know, during the first time I was playing through it, but mm-hmm. it still works. It's all right. It's all right. I'm wondering. In there. So you ran through that first part like two times, then, right? Yes. Yeah. Did you yeah. feel like the second time you played through it, like you could see any of the speed running potential with that game? Yes. I feel like okay, cool. Oh yeah, yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Like once, you, uh, like especially when you get to like because. I know we're kind of jumping a little bit here, but like, um, uh, you know, when you have to look for the unpainted walls, the the first time I had a very hard time with that. Like, yeah. I I don't know if they wanted me to like, I don't know if I just misheard when they were talking about hey, the walls unpainted, not just cracked walls, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. like, I thought I was looking for the cracked walls to to go through, but it wasn't. Like, it was. It was just this these walls that were like you know honestly like just a little bit off of like the actual paint of the gray so it kind of was hard to see um but second time you just blow through that because you know where they are so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but like there's definitely speed running potential for sure mm-hmm. for sure yeah one of the first things that was just a stupid mistake that i ran into and was kind of surprising too was in that initial warehouse area um i don't know if this was just my dumb brain that's like ps1 is simple but there was the puddle and i ran through the puddle and then the guards noticed me i was like oh shit damn it i i forgot that yeah. happens um which really surprised that was such me a that nice was awesome. detail the, that yeah, impressed me that. Mm-hmm. The, me me neither that one impressed me a lot i was like oh wow okay yeah, yeah. and yeah. that it reminds me too like when you get outside of that area and you're in the helicopter area and there's the snow when you, because you leave footprints in the snow, guards can notice the footprints too and then like track you. Mm. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it didn't happen to me, wow. but that the puddle instance remind me about that, so that, that was helpful. Wow. Yeah, what got me the first time was immediately like going aggro and just being like, "Oh, I'm just gonna beat this guard up," and then I beat him up, and then he was on the ground. I was like, "Sweet, got him," and then he got back up, and I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> and, what I think like makes the gameplay really work in this is despite being this like sort of undercover agent or whatever really Snake ends up being, you still feel like any singular enemy can like take you out, no problem. And like the the world and the enemies themselves are dangerous. It's not like Revolver Ocelot is like the one that you're most nervous about. It's like any singular guard in this is a danger to you. And even at the very beginning, I learned that, and I was like, "Cool, <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah." Like getting dropped in with no weapons, just CQC, yeah. Uh, which, if there's any big detractor so far, I think it is just that the melee combat isn't the best. You know, it's like I I, I knew you could do a chokehold, but I went up on someone, hit square, and this could have just been me being stupid. I threw them. I thought I could like. Do a chokehold to knock them out stealth wise. Uh, do it like Omar. Do you know if I can do that? I don't honestly. Okay. Uh... So that sort of set me up to like not try that again. <laughs> but uh, you no, know, I think you can because I did. Like a, a full like an, a Batman Arkham like chokehold. Like you grab somebody, you knock them out quietly, and they can just keep moving. Yeah, like I you I had to hit it like three or four times, and I got like 
clicks, I think, of like maybe bones breaking. I don't know. Okay. But like, you know, clicks, whatever that was registering. Okay, cool. Like I'm doing something. And then eventually he fell down and never got up. So. All right. Okay. I'll try that I again. I think, yeah, I think you can. Because I, I did that when it's your first, like, you know, straight up, you got to fight encounter mm-hmm. um with uh the girl i forgot her name but yeah that whole thing nice so um all right uh does anybody have any other thoughts on just general gameplay before we get into more of a beat by beat story thing right now well can we talk about the shooting yet oh sure yeah yeah the shooting is bad mm. i forgot <laughs> yeah like oh man. Uh, yeah because yeah, like i'm doing all right with the controls and stuff but the it's a bit swimmy in general mm-hmm. moving in that game but yeah. and they give you that so calm it's like oh, jesus christ <laughs> like yeah mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's especially evident in and we'll get into it but in the revolver ocelot fight where like aiming is like really important <laughs> and mm-hmm. sometimes you just really can't you kind of just have to goose it in a way yeah, yeah. I, I tried to see if in the merrill encounter because that's really the first place where you're forced to use a gun right like yeah I tried getting through the the tank area. I got caught on one of the cameras, and that was right after I got the gun. And um, struggled a little bit there, but in the Meryl fight, I was trying to see if there was some sort of an assist, and I think there was if you just like held on long enough mm. without releasing. But yeah, it's not it's not good. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I I sorry. Like we're gonna talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, found it, you know, yeah, pretty pretty not great, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, but I think the game does help you like as best it can, honestly. Like I th- like I think that there is some sort of assist that you were uh referencing that I think is I found it the most evident during the Ocelot fight. Um and sometimes with the encounter with Meryl, but generally speaking, yeah, it's it's definitely not the best you know definitely not mm-hmm. so yeah all right well um now we can get into a little more of the story we'll uh follow through speculation thoughts and what we're, what we're building towards so far and if anybody has anything they want to throw in we don't have to go in a strict order or anything but again any mechanics to set pieces just shout it out no worries i have one more thing i just forgot i okay. had to double check to make sure it wasn't in my brain but the dual shock stuff in this game is awesome like what, what about it it's just like when you shoot a bullet it feels good <laughs> like right. well is this it's just great is there like a rumble because i don't have that on the classic yeah so. we don't we, 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 oh. we don't have rumble so if there's All a rumble right. that you're feeling then i have rumble yeah, on it, dualshock three okay it's Damn. just got good moments with the it just feels kind of like despite the fact that guns don't control great it just like I don't know. I feel like it's really the dual shock stuff is kind of in your face in a way because uh, it was one of the first games to do it, I think. But mm. yeah, mm. it's cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah, the uh, classic is a pretty, pretty hollow controller. Oh yeah, very, very light. Literally, like honestly, ne- it maybe feels like maybe like fifteen printer papers in terms of like weight or something. Yeah, like it, you know? it's incredibly like, it's, light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so. um. All right, so yeah, again, if anybody has any other stuff to throw in there as we go, feel free. No pressure. Open discussion at this point. Um, I guess from a like stepping back level in the story, 
I, I feel like it's still very timely in a way, you know, just like the setup of nuclear powers, I guess. I don't know. It just, Kevin, what you told me briefly the other day about like, and similar to what you thought of Final Fantasy VII, where like, wow, the story is relevant to this day. It's like, wow, it is. <laughs> like, that, yeah, that's there been was, fun. There was, oh, I hate that. I can't remember it like vividly, but there was something like, I think he said domestic terrorists at some point. No, okay, mm. it was that, and um, he he brought up like liberals and <laughs> bleeding like heart liberals. I love that. Yeah, line. and I was like, wow, <laughs> welcome to him. Okay, like, huh, like that's quite interesting. Like, wow, mm. okay, so like little bits and pieces like that. Um, I thought it was really cool how they incorporated, um, at least as far as I'm aware, like real life footage of nukes launching, and like testing nukes and stuff like that. I thought that was like pretty cool, you know. Mm-hmm. I could see it being like a little bit cheesy. I think if someone like looked at it just just with no context, I think like if a game had like real footage of you know nuke launch testing and all that. Um, but I thought it was pretty cool, you know. At least like novel, at least you know. Uh, I yeah, cool. I adore that moment. Honestly, I think yeah. that's like maybe one of my favorites in the series because yeah. just like. You're just watching it, and then oh my god, this he's talking about muffs or whatever, and then <laughs> then you get this like, yeah, bleeding heart just, liberals. Yeah, it's just one of those moments where I just like forget I'm playing a video game. I start thinking like, oh, sh- the world is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah oh. Kevin, Kevin nailed it because like I didn't realize how timely this would be. Like, especially like what what struck out to me was like sort of the kojima's like stance on like corporations like very clear it's very clear and obvious but like very much they're doing bad things and like their quest to in this case it it is sort of like the military industrial complex like their quest to like achieve that requires bad things to be happening in the world and it's just it's just interesting to see that in a video game in 1998 and yeah I, i didn't expect to to go back to this game and really be seeing something like that yeah, and um, when you're talking to the um, president of um, the arms company, oh my god, arms tech, arms tech, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, he like does like a off land, off like side quote of like, uh, uh, you know, we don't have a business if there's no war, and it's like, oh shit, like okay, right, like yeah, like you're right. Um, I think it was Omar that said that. We're like, there's kind of like knee-jerk moments of like oh shit right like this is happening in a game but like it's it can go beyond that and it's a and it's something that you know is probably a a pretty regular common occurrence in like the modern day maybe you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. different stuff like that where they they throw in like really grounded things in this video game story you know that i found pretty interesting yeah i Anytime they make reference to like the war economy in this game, I just, I just love hearing about it. Uh, yeah. Can I mention a different property on this thing? Yeah. Okay. You know uh, that Star Wars movie, The Last. <laughs> yes. Oh, Thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. That's also uh, that had me going so hard. Like whenever I see that in a thing, it's just like my favorite subject that they see in a movie or game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think the the way Kojima writes about, like, specifically from, like, a United States perspective, 
uh, corporation-wise yeah. and government-wise. I love it. That's what, like my favorite thing about Metal Gear. I think is just the way he writes the United States and what the people who love Metal Gear that don't understand what Metal Gear is about really love. I, I just love that. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. So, um, DARPA chief guy. <laughs> I just wanted yes. to say that. DARPA I just like saying guy. DARPA chief. Yeah. DARPA chief. DARPA chief. DARPA chief guy is one of the best characters in the series, to be honest. <laughs> 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 it's just the, that's that's the gentleman in in the cell, right? Where you yeah. from the okay, him. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's just that that whole conversation. Like you get you, that's the full Kojima conversation. I think is. That guy explaining to you what's going on, uh, and then increasingly getting really panicked. <laughs> that's, that's a heart attack. It's like that is the, that is the Metal Gear cutscene. I think, like honestly, it's just oh, perfect. Mm -hmm. And I love how Snake is just like the audience in that. He's like, well, yeah, exactly. what's that?" Totally. And, or yeah, like I, that might be at a different conversation, but he's still like, anytime he's talking to someone, he's like, "What are you talking about? I have no clue what you're talking about." It's like, "Thanks, mm -hmm. <laughs> I need no, you, Snake." I, that's a great point, I think, because I think, Kevin, you mentioned it earlier being like uh, how the game like throws you in the world like and you're learning stuff like Snake does. Right. Yeah. This yeah. is all new to you. And that's why I think Snake is like one of the best protagonists, because he keeps asking questions and we just keep learning about all this stuff. It's like it, it, it is that direct audience like mm -hmm. I, I just love it. Yeah. And I, yeah. Oh, Kevin, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. I, I was going to add on to that, too. I think why it works with snake and where i think other games i can't think of an example but like where you have a clueless protagonist and it's it can get annoying and it's like i see what you're doing here it's like i think the fact that they introduce snake as being this like covert legend you know he's known by like so many people within the i guess career path of <laughs> espionage i don't know like he he's a legend like, I think the fact that they introduced him as being this competent guy that we needed him, you know, he's been in retirement, we need this guy. I think that helps also. So when he is asking all these questions, it's like, wow, even this expert is clueless as to what's going on here. So I, I think it's a really natural way to introduce all these concepts. And yeah, anytime, like, I, I think it only happened like once, but there were in the captions, it said like, they said some abbreviation and in parentheses it had the full explanation. I, I like stuff like that. It's fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like that was at the very beginning. I know you're talking. Yeah, about. I forget what it was. I, it was, I think it was a piece of his gear or something. I don't remember. It was P D something, or it was like personal something or another. Oh, I, forget. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The no the oh, on site uh, deployment the... on site deployment or on site procurement. OSP. Okay. That one. That's Wait. What it was? What was the one where um, P your Per, oh my god uh the, the like personal air pan pan yeah personal, with the body personal area stuff? network yeah, yeah yeah with the body yeah. oh my god like that <laughs> was like oh shit okay so there are like you know these weird terms that like mm -hmm. i love oh, in yeah. that stranding you know what I'm saying like um yeah. even the concept of like you know how i guess he has like this thing in his ear that he can hear certain frequencies based off of how it vibrates in his ear bones yeah. and i'm like mm -hmm. okay <laughs> okay i'm with it like mm -hmm. if i liked time fall and that concept i think i can get with a vibrating ear and how that works with like audible things i guess i can work with that you know so mm -hmm. there's a lot of cool stuff 
for sure. What I ever never what I never understood about that is how is Snake does he is he talking out loud to communicate yeah. through the codec? Yeah, I don't get. Yeah, <laughs> is he just talking quietly like in in real life, like whispering or? I don't know because he sounds like um, he's talking. Yeah, like he, he's definitely talking like a normal tone for sure. <laughs> they, he's definitely they tell very you to honest. do that. They tell you to do that, like key points when you're like close to enemies at some points. Like at the very beginning, yeah. you're like next to the vent, and it's like, no, I need to get in the vent. There's a dude yeah. right next to me, like, mm-hmm. and I'm just having a conversation with the major. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, I need to bring something up here before it doesn't get talked about. Sure. Okay. Okay. We have our boy Solid Snake, right? You know, I get that he's like this, you know, legendary icon and all that, you know. Um, but in a very serious question, I have like everyone in this game is horny as hell. Everyone, everyone, you know. I don't understand like where it's all coming from. Like we're 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 doing this very very serious thing. I think right. It seems like we're dealing with some sort of you know nuclear crisis. We have some terrorists that have, you know, certain passwords that can launch certain nukes, nukes, et cetera. You know, a very, very, you know, time sensitive thing. I think we have, you know, like a very time sensitive thing we have going on here. But everyone's hitting on everyone in this this frequency call. And it's like, hey, yo, what's up? You know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I saw you tweet yeah. that. Uh, yeah. What is like Metal Gear Solid is crazy horny or something, and that was crazy my favorite tweet this week. Week, like I'm it's like, so what's true. Going on? <laughs> yeah, what it, it's like you get that call from Mei Ling, and Snake is just being a, a dog. Like, shut up. <laughs> like, I think it's like I think it's supposed to be like an homage to like James Bond or something. Like, mm. like, okay. but it definitely. I don't know. It comes across weird. It's it always has. Yeah. I, I, uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, horny don't stop till the nu- nukes launch. <laughs> so there you go. go. I think I think that's in the game somewhere. So yeah. go find that. Um, yeah, there, there. I do think there's certain aspects that like don't super hold up in, in that regard. You know, like what Omar mentioned about like the mailing call and um, everything with Meryl's introduction. Um, the fact that like he knows it's a woman by her ass, like. <laughs> That ass shot is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, Kojima, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. I'm like man. clearly Death Stranding. Not much has changed, but like, no. Yeah, there. Those you things will be ashamed of your words and deeds. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole uh, strip search commentary as well. Yeah. Um, whatever line that was i'm like okay that was very very blatant there okay gotcha like Mm -hmm. all right i hear you (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh it's funny that happens so soon too because i think that kind of introduces the idea that metal gear solid is goofy it's not always uber serious you know because i think from the first everything up to the title card it doesn't really have that sort of like tongue-in-cheek metal gear thing you know like none of it is like it's a lot of heavy exposition, it's a lot of military terminology, but none of it comes across the way that the Armstead president is when he's talking about the same things, but it's like, these bleeding heart liberals are going to ruin my corporation. Like, it's none of that stuff, you know? You call it a bribe, <laughs> I call it a good deal. Yes. <laughs> um, but, Kevin, what's your impression been like on that, though? Because, like, have you picked up on the Metal Gear be- having, like, a really interesting sense of humor so far yes okay yeah 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 i i 
I didn't re because from like an outside perspective, right? All I've heard about Metal Gear is that apparently its story is like super complex and in territories that may be comparable to like Kingdom Hearts, right? Um, I have heard that and like I've heard there's like a zaniness to it and like there's like a there's a very comedic aspect to it as well. Um, I didn't realize it was like this much in there, you know? I thought it was like the level of like I guess I don't know. I just I just didn't think it was that much. I thought it was gonna be like few just here and there, few and far between sprinkled across the series, but um it seems to be according to this little section that we played, a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not against. I just didn't realize it was gonna be like that. Um uh but but I think it's I think overall, like in spite of it, you know, not aging as gracefully in the year twenty twenty one, you know. Um, I think like what it's driving towards in terms of in terms of just having like a little bit of levity amongst serious topics, you know, that I think ultimately it works out mm-hmm. and it's something that I can just take in and just understand and filter from like an adult lens of what we're looking at here and what they're trying to achieve. So I think it works out this, this like, but, and it's, and you know, maybe It'll crack a laugh out of me at some point. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I like there was some like, oh man, like just just not like laugh like out loud, but just like ah, okay. Like you breathed like, heavy out your nose, you're like <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. uh huh, exactly, exactly, so, precisely, precisely. That dude uh, outside of the cell, just like <laughs> yeah. ass up naked in the yeah. Sensors, what the f- <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah, like. W- even the second time, because I had forgotten that part. <laughs> I was like, wait, why? And they show it twice. Yeah. You can go back, yeah. too. You can go back into that room. He's just still hanging Is he there. really still there? Yeah, he's still there. Wow. He never wakes up. <laughs> Interesting. 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 So, if we're moving too fast or anything, again, we can just do whatever we want to talk about. But um, going off of the zaniness, I think a lot of that in the first hour or two is tied to the idea and introduction of foxhound because we haven't gotten much of them this week you know um we have a clear uh history between snake the colonel naomi they they have some sort of relationship with foxhound and that's always been a little lost on me because like is foxhound just this giant organization that snake is part of like solid snake is part of and then we have these six operatives of foxhound that he didn't directly know but they were in the same thing and then they're the ones that started this revolution or what because i we do get revolver ocelot as the big presence this week we got a tease of psycho mantis but that's about it so far i honestly have no idea okay either on that <laughs> like it's, I was gonna say Omar, please explain. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, no, I was looking for one of y'all because it's I, not gonna be me. I think that's like part of the the Kojima isms that we'll experience, where it's like kind of confusing at first, mm-hmm. and some things will be clarified, other things will just be made more confusing. Um, so I get, yeah, I I also didn't know because you get the sense that Snake was like what you're saying was part of Foxhound, and Naomi is also like somehow involved in foxhound but all of these six like crazy zany characters are 
the Foxhound members that were fighting. So I don't know. Who knows? So, um, what is everybody's thoughts on the two that we see this week? Because we know the whole list is Decoy Octopus, Revolver Ocelot, Psychomantis, Sniper Wolf, uh, Liquid Snake, and uh, Vulcan Raven. So we get two this week. What do we think? Okay. Okay. Over the top. Um, as a re- Revolver Ocelot was like. I enjoyed him, yeah. you know, like he, he's just so like, like always like twisting his revolver mm-hmm. for like 20 minutes straight. <laughs> it's like, okay, I like the commitment, you know, like I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm here for it to talk specifically like about that fight. I think like my biggest takeaway was that I felt that they really captured a very tense fight with the resources that with the resources that they had to work with you know what i'm saying like i i felt that the fight was honestly like pretty engaging pretty fun i thought that i always had to be on the move you know what i'm saying and, and like i would just wait until he fired all six shots missed and then as he was reloading take my shot you know that's how i kind of did that you know because i i don't know if you could shoot through the strings that were attached to the um arms tech dude i'm not sure if you could do that without blowing him up or hurting him and i didn't want to kind of like risk that so i would just wait until he was reloading and then just sneak up on him and just take a few shots um but i felt like it was a really good way to like make a tense fight you know that was good i thought personally but yeah i it took me like five minutes i i used two grenades and that was it I I didn't okay. know because the thing is I knew that they emphasize C four with the way they introduced C four, but I also picked up grenades, and I was like, yes. mm. I think I have to use these soon. And then in the fight, I was like, Oh, I'll try a grenade. And when he was doing his like uh, mid battle quote or whatever he was saying, his taunt, I was like, Okay, I'll just throw a grenade at him here because he's sta- he's stationary. And um, the first time I threw it a little too, I threw it on his left side. He was on the top corridor. And that was too close to the C4, so that blew up the president. And then yeah. the second time, I was like, okay, let me aim for the right side, because he's cornered there. And, um, yeah, two of those, he was done. So so you oh. can kill the president in that fight? You can, yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I tried to do something similar, but I, like, planted C4, like, where I was at first. And okay. I was like, I'm oh, just going to let him, like, circle around. Mm-hmm. And then okay. he got there, I blew it up, and it blew up the president. So I was like, oh, I guess... <laughs> I can't use explosives in this, mm-hmm. um, but apparently you can. I guess you just have to be careful where you actually place him. Yeah, because after I realized that he's killable, I was like, okay, well, I don't think I'm going to try to use it to use like grenades or C4 because I don't want to do a chain reaction or, or something like that, you know. Um, so I thought you just had to kill him with your bullets, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, I would say, it took me probably like seven, eight minutes, maybe something like that. So it was. It was like a bit of a thing, but like it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it hard. It was just like something that I was just waiting for my for sure safe openings to take shots at him. You know, right? Yeah, and I think that's the I, intended way. But yeah, because there's a spawn for ammo in the top left hand corner. Mm-hmm. Oh, as soon as you leave, like as soon as that corner's out of your view on the bottom, and, and you come back up the other way, 
it'll respawn like another ammo if you're out. So nice. that was that was helpful for sure. Does it keep respawning? Like, have you? Okay, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, at as far as the way I fought that fight, it kept respawning every time, and like it was very consistent. Like to a point of like, okay, if I need ammo, I would just do that loop, get it out of the uh, field of view, and then once I come back into it, it would spawn. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, I really like that fight personally. I think the the, the revolver bullets on the top left of the screen or whatever mm-hmm. is so good and fun and uh it's just it's the ultimate camp that revolver also like guy is so cheesy so just cheesy. going like yeah yeah six bullets is all i need it's <laughs> cocky and confident uh that whoever does that performance is awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> like, did uh, you guys uh open the codec and talk to anyone like right during that fight no, no i should have no because so Maybe do that next like big fight because I okay. wanted to see like what would happen, and I talked to the major and he basically just gives you like background on the character. He was like, uh-huh. oh, he was like part of the Spetsnaz and like worked with the KGB later, and now he's like at Foxhound. So you get like a little cool okay. interplay with the characters, um, even though it's ridiculous. It's like, hold on, <laughs> and then you, just, you know, it's it's wild, but um, it's funny and you get some cool little insight. So I like that. Yeah, see. I'm I writing see. that down. That's a good. That's a good thing because I know there's optional codec dialogue you can get, and I I was yeah. trying to remember in this first like chunk who I have to call for the random facts because um, I think out the gate you only have the colonel and Mei Lang. I don't think you have Naomi's codec number yet. Um, uh, clearly, where we left off, you get Merrill's, but I um. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I should do that next week because I thought it was Naomi. I think she might be weapons. I don't remember. No, that's Nastasha? um yeah. Yeah, Nastasha. Yeah, that's, that's her. Okay. Right. So I think uh Master Miller is the he's for like flora and fauna, mm-hmm. I believe. I haven't really called him that much though. Yeah. I forget what his codec was. Um but I wonder if he'd have anything to say during a boss fight. That'd be interesting. Mm. Oh, speaking of the codex right so first playthrough never played Metal Gear Solid 1 right uh I forgot who oh no I think it was the armsec president it is him he uh is like okay call um I think I think his name is Meryl yeah call call her on your codex uh it's on the back of the case and so I'm legit spending like half an hour going through everything I've been through in Metal Gear like and I and they give me and he he gives me a case. I'm like, okay, is there some sort of like inspect thing in this game that I don't know about? I don't know what's going on. And then I just give up. I'm like, listen, I'm gonna reserve the right to to look things up if I need to. Like, I only you know, I'm not yeah. So I I look it up. I didn't realize that it was the literal physical game case <laughs> that you have to look on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it wasn't accessible to me. Because I have the PlayStation Classic, of course. Lo and behold, you check the back of the PlayStation Classic box. It's there. Yeah. Oh, it's it is? There. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. the uh, the Classic has screenshots from all the games on there, and the Metal Gear Solid screenshot isn't a cool action set piece. It is Meryl's Call screenshot. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it's awesome. like, ah, okay, clap. I'm like, you know what? I will give it to you. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right, Kojima. Even something like that small and meta is just like just goes back to like 
Kojima's innovation. Like, what a weird thing to have in a game. But, like, that's a that's such a cool little payoff where it's like, oh, it's he actually meant my CD case, like, my physical one. Yeah, so he's always cool. talking about, like, the press the action button. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was playing through that last night, I you know, showing this off again, I have this, like, it's a PS2 reissue of Metal Gear Solid, right? Uh, oh. On the back of the case, I was like, okay, there's nothing here. So I just checked the manual and it was there. But now I'm seeing on the back of the Essential Collection, it is right nice. there. Nice. So that's yeah, not going to come with in, but yep. that's the number. Uh, cool. That's yeah, cool. it's funny too, because when I played this originally on the PS3, that was a digital download. Nothing. I had yeah. nothing. There's, you there's... could access the manual, I think, in the PS settings, okay. maybe? Yes. Yeah, I so there. oh, right, that's that's right. how I'm playing it, and the manuals there. I didn't. I flipped through it really quickly. Um, I don't. I didn't see it, but mm-hmm. like There's if it's a big manual, I'm sure it's I think on it. Oh, okay. Like with with a few of them, but no screenshots in there. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Psychomantis is the other one we see this week, very briefly, but cool design good introduction and again another strange layer of metal gear we introduce this idea of psychological warfare but like in a literal sense that i really appreciate and it just it it keeps building up what i really like about the series and i think it's so unique about the first game because within the first hour you do get all these weird cheesy horny dialogue things and then as you're going for these nuclear warheads it's like oh i'm having a hallucination no snake it was a telepathic message or something from psychomantis like <laughs> I, I really like psychomantis i know that's not a hot take or anything but i i like his introduction a lot so correct me if i'm wrong right mm-hmm. so the darpa chief gave was trying not to give up because I think it was. So it was the Darpa chief that had one half of the password or one of the passwords and the president of Armstead had the other password, right? Mm-hmm. Is that yep. correct? Okay. So then Psychomantis got one password from the Darpa chief by using his psychic powers and all that on him. But then he wasn't able to do it with the, with the Armstead president. But the Armstead president still gave it to him anyway. Is that right, or am I wrong? He, they 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 got the passcode from him. I forget how they extracted it. They might have just tortured him or something. Um, oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. But yeah, yeah they gotcha. they as of now they have both passwords. Yeah, so they could just launch anytime. The and then Psycho Mantis enabled Meryl to shoot at Snake. Is that really what happened, or was that a part of the like hallucinations? I think. I think that's implied because you see Psychomantis after the elevator shuts and he says like that's a good girl or something like that. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um but oh. Kevin to answer your question about the the Armstead guy, uh he says that he has like cyborg implants in his brain that helps him <laughs> from being able to have his mind read and every he's like everybody who works for Armstead has this. Everybody who knows the big secrets has this so you can't read our minds. Um of course. And of course. I think they like broke his arms or something because Snake comments about like Ocelot getting re- like revenge on him because he lost his arm or something like that. Like so, I think it was physical torture that made him spill. But uh, gotcha. yeah, that, just to clarify. Okay, I see. 
I see. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Excellent. I have a very specific question for you guys. Absolutely. Um, when did you get the SOCOM? Because I got it mm-hmm. in the truck, like on the helipad, and oh, wow. that seemed to me like missable. Like, do you yeah, guys? Yeah, I missed it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I will. Oh. I would love to know that. I got that after the Ocelot fight. Um, when you go back into yeah, I got it after the Ocelot fight. When you get the level card two from the Armsec president, in uh, when you go back into the room where you have to explode the walls and stuff like that, mm-hmm. there's it's the bottom right uh, building type room that you can go into, and where you're avoiding the lasers by ducking and crawling under the the lasers that are invisible until you cross over it and you're not prone and it sets off the alarm whatever you can crawl under there and then that's where i got the soul comp so i got it at the very end of like everything um Hmm. for mine yeah so like was oh wait no meryl i thought you were talking about the famas i'm sorry that's where yeah sorry my bad the the soul comp i got during the meryl fight okay so So they just shortly after the tank yeah yeah i got it off a guard i think i got it somewhere else okay uh the the area where you're overlooking the tank where you have to get to the elevator um after the first camera like if you go to the left you can get some chaff grenades and if you go down there's a room to the right with another camera in there and if you sneak into the corner in the bottom right of that room there's a socom there so when they introduce the cool. security cameras and the, the chaff grenades to override them before the elevator, there's a secret room there. No no card access or anything. You can just go in. That's where I got it. So, I think that's where I got it. But to be honest, I, I feel like I didn't even realize I picked it up. And it just like whenever, um, when that Meryl sequence happened, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay, I have this. Yeah, like, but, I didn't know where I got yeah. it. Because you, you don't really need to use it at all before Meryl. Because mm-hmm. like, you're, no. you're kind of like supposed to sneak around in a way. Like you don't really want to fight people. Um, so yeah, but I, I just thought that was inter- interesting because I was like, man, I feel like I would have missed that if I didn't just like haphazardly run into this. Yeah, I did had you, no idea you could get it there. Did you walk in the helipad then in the in the beginning of the game with the yeah. lights? Okay, I was too scared to do it. I just ran. <laughs> I didn't want to get on that. Mm-hmm. I timed it and then just zipped back and forth. Nice. I did. I was being kind of dumb and like I didn't realize that like Kevin, of course, like if you walk into the spotlight you're going to get spotted, right? Like, that's, like, a very basic thing that, you know, I just wasn't paying attention to the very first time I got into that area. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. But that was really cool how, like, I, I didn't even know that you could get the SOCOM in one of the trucks. I didn't realize that you can go into the trucks, to be completely honest with you, you know? I think I'm still on, like, the mode of, like, with, um you know, OG FF7, it's very clear what you can interact with like they look different than like the background you know what i'm saying like if you look at like a car or like a light post whatever that is in the actual background of of, of ff7 versus like a chest that you can actually work with and they'll actually toggle and move they look very different uh they look very different right but in this game i guess now like you know it's kind of like free reign kind of just like hey just just Try out stuff and see what you're able to interact with. So, definitely. I wonder because, like, you know, that whole sequence with like the walls that are different colors. 
Mm-hmm. Like, imagine playing that in 98 on like a CRT with that like yellow video cable. I, I have to imagine. Yeah. That's what I thought like, yeah. too. I'm like, how yeah. are people going to even like see that? How, <laughs> yeah. How is that even possible in that type of TV? For sure. Like, I, I'm on a 4K display. Obviously, the game's not in 4K. But like, you know, I'm on a I'm on a very, very modern TV that, you know, I can at least see the color difference. You know, it took me a while to even see that, too. So I wonder how it will look on like a really old CRTV. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think you can like I wonder if people just relied on like um you know if you knock you can hear the the different if it's hollow or not so maybe they just uh brute forced it I don't know. Yeah, kind of weird. Kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um an- another thing I want to shout out to you, what I really appreciated and I think I I this was a thing I think I knew I could do so this is why I tried it but um when you're crawling in the vent initially to get to the DARPA chief um so you go over Meryl's cell, so you can like hold triangle to look down into the room, and a woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I I remembered that like as I was getting to the DARPA chief, but you do sneak in through an air vent, and I used the upper one, and I'm wondering if I missed anything that I could have like looked into a room because there were a couple grates yes. I looked over. Dude, the funniest thing that you can see is you look down and you see the dude who gets knocked out by Meryl later on, mm-hmm. and he's using the bathroom he's sitting down and then he gets up and you see the world's biggest toilet <laughs> because just the ps1 they have to emphasize hey this is a toilet and you know we're with some limitations here it is huge it's like three times his size <laughs> it's so funny oh man that's great and he comments on like what he he ate it's like very like you know crude humor but it's, yeah it's funny um we kevin for you as we're going through this and as we're getting to um, sort of where where we're leaving off and what we're looking forward to, the the way they're talking about Foxhound and Snake's history and everything, um, did, has anything stuck out to you specifically or just like the way that the characters are referencing towards him or anything like that? Yeah, mainly two things. One is when, uh, you know, the way Snake reacts to the arms tech guy having another heart attack right and it's okay clearly like something is happening here where like they get really close to like saying something about a a like certain topic and then they're just you know dying left and right right and there's and it's like even like he knows okay cool like there's no way that this is just a coincidence where like you know they both have heart attacks as they're explaining certain things or like as i'm asking certain questions um then like a 1.5 one as well. Um, did not realize that Metal Gear are weapons. That may be really stupid, but I really did not know that. You know, um, so I think that's really neat. How like there's a Metal Gear project, and and they're they seem to be like massive weapons of destruction. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the way that the oh, I, I don't know how to refer to him as i guess the main commander like the 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 dude that um snake is getting orders from like the main guy that's campbell yeah thank you yeah yeah the way like um you know campbell explains to him that like not even he knows the full scope of what's going on and there's like you know just levels of i guess authority that you don't know the full like the full intel about the mission or whatever so like it almost makes him like okay like you know are you 
even that trustworthy, you know. And then when um he asked about that ninja yeah. dude, that like <laughs> ninja thing, and uh President and the Armstead guy is like, Hey, ask Naomi. And then when you ask Naomi, she says she doesn't know, but then the Armstead president said that she did know. And it's like, okay, like there's I think multiple people in my codex on my contact list lying on my name and lying to me Mm -hmm. and like i don't know how to feel about that Mm -hmm. you know so i think that's really interesting as well and it really does tell like okay like why does like it's i guess it would make i don't know like i know like you know in the modern day you know there are certain ranks that know more about a a certain mission than like you know the average soldier would right Mm -hmm. so like i get that whole dynamic and i guess that like that would be why snake would just keep on going with this mission and just like you know, and plus, I assume he doesn't want to. He wants to stop the terrorist, right? right. But um, I just want to see like how that all unfolds, and like who's actually lying or who is just honestly just ignorant. You know, this and the third. So I find that pretty interesting. You know, mm-hmm. definitely. It's so, um the whole aspect. I don't want to say anything too much, but honestly, like, yeah. been um trying to figure out Tenet recently. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you've seen it, Kevin. It's reminding me a I lot have. of Kevin. Oh, sorry, a lot of Tenet. <laughs> like, oh my what? Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. reminding me a lot yeah. of Tenet, like just in terms of like uh, security access and like uh, disarmament stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. like Colonel Campbell says, like you can probably trust her more than you can trust me about As like Meryl. What? Like, yeah. It's what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, it's like, aren't you like the head of this operation? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Hello. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. I think someone calls Snake like a pawn in all of this. So like there's like a clear level of manipulation going on. And I just love the idea of both you as the player and Snake. Like what we talked about earlier, like you're in the same position. It's like, what's happening? And like Snape, Snake, uh, not Professor Snape, uh, (laughs) Snake at the end of this is like clearly frustrated because of his like lack of awareness of what's happening around him. And like you... Like, immediately when I stopped playing this after Ocelot, I was like, I want to keep going. Because, like, I want to know what's happening. Because mm-hmm. I forgot. Yeah. Because it's been a I, I also wanted to keep going, too. Like, I was like, oh, man, okay. Like, all right, that's fine. But I, I which is, which I guess is a good thing that I want to keep going. So it's not like, that's a true negative, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because I think where we leave off. What was that over? You got I was just saying, yeah, I also, like, Playing yesterday, I was like, uh, I didn't realize how short the segment was. Yeah, I, I, you had told me beforehand. I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. But I thought I'd be, I get like a good two to three hours. But I was like, oh, one hour, and then mm-hmm. Metal Gear until next week, I guess. <laughs> Let's just wait. Yeah. Um. I, I one of the things I really liked also, um, going off of what Kevin was saying about the questions and where like that need to or that want to continue. I really, really like, and I, I, I feel like Jack and Omar might feel this way too because of the way, like, we, we know the gist of what's going on. It's been, like, a while since we've seen this story, but the way Foxhound talks to and about Snake, I really like. Because at the initial introduction of the Revolver Ocelot fight, the way they, they talk with each other, I like. And he's like, oh, the legendary Solid Snake, the man who has the same code as the boss. And I was like, okay, 
I see what you're doing here. And so I, I really liked that. And um, the way we're teasing uh, future, you know, episodes and weeks with Foxhound specifically, I think that's where I really wanted to explore a lot just on my own things, what I'm noticing on the replay. Ooh, I have one more thing too. I think it was Myrtle that was saying like, oh, you look just like Liquid Snake. And I'm like, wait a minute, like, are they clones? Is that what we're doing here? Like, you know? Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, you know, similar. I, I see I see Snake as a similar name, you know? I, don't I know. would love to know what you've heard about the series or what you think it is like, Kevin. Okay. Because you have it. This is like, okay. You didn't know right. what Metal Gears were. I'm wondering, like, did you have an older impression of it? Like, did you think it was something else or? Like, I knew it was about like covert ops, like espionage, stuff like that. Um, okay. I know a meme of I think it's <laughs> our homie, uh, metal. No, uh, I think it's Solid Snake, where he's like saluting at some sort of like funeral type thing. There's that, that's a meme, of course. I know mm -hmm. that. Um, yeah, that's honestly pretty much it, to be completely honest okay. with you. Like, to be completely right. honest, like, I know, yeah, nah, nah. Metal Gear Survive. <laughs> you played that, right? Didn't you? You played that? I bought it. I, nice. I, I, I just I played it for like two hours and I was like, you know, this ain't it. And like, I don't want this to be like my first four years into Metal Gear. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so, um, so yeah, like I know very little. For you though, right? I don't think. See, now I feel like I'm in a similar spot at like the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake where. You know, me and Christian had that lost spoiler cast yeah. where he would ask you, like, okay, so, like, you know, when, like, so-and-so, uh, uh, you know, reacted in this way, like, how do you feel about that? Yeah. You know, like, like, you know, and it's, like, after I beat the OG, it's, like, ah, I get what you were trying, like, I get the, like, impression you wanted to see from, like, a newcomer versus mm -hmm. someone that knows what's, what's, what's uh, going on, so. Yeah. Yeah, I know nothing, y'all. I really don't. I That's awesome. I didn't realize yeah, I didn't realize that Metal Gear was like a weapons program or like these mass yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And so. I'm honestly really excited that you didn't know about the Meryl on the back of the CD case thing. Yeah. Cuz I think even no. for me I had that spoiled before I played it cuz it was such oh, a wild thing. Is yeah. is is this the franchise where um you lay your controller on the table and it and it vibrates? Is that this series two because like how is that gonna work, work with a classic now it you know so you know uh it will work just like it did on playstations without dualshock like okay. uh you'll be fine but yeah, okay. honestly if if there is a way for you to plug in like i don't know how the ps classics work if there's a way to plug in like a ps3 controller or something and make that happen like I don't it's worth I don't it think there all is. right all right i don't, I don't I, it's okay i don't think so yeah no like it seems to be like a proprietary like PS1 port that's like just smaller, I you see, know, I than see. like the actual so, like plug-in port for the PS1 controller. I, I think. I think it connects through a USB though. I just don't know if the the classic would read a, a DualShock Three or DualShock Four. I don't know. That it's worth looking into. You might have to like. Oh wait, you're right. It is bypass USB. something. But uh, I, I think there's a way to oh, do that, it. That's yeah. a good point. I mean, now I'm like, damn, I I might use my DualSense low key, but. Honestly, yeah, I think there's. You, know? you might be able to buy like a little Bluetooth adapter to get a DualShock Four. Working. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll I don't want to push you guys to do anything, but I will say for next week's episode, if you can get vibrations working, it will be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. 
but yeah. okay. Um, and Kevin, I'm glad you you're having these questions too because I, I think this was I think my only other negative because um, I was trying to think of certain things as I was playing from your perspective or just a newcomer's perspective. It might be the times, but like there's really no real guidance. Like when they say the action button. Yeah, like, like I know that circle because I know, but how does anybody else know? How does anybody yeah. else know triangle is where you can look down? Like that—that that was tough. Yeah, I, know, I like, think. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was gonna say I think, like honestly, like playing a lot of old games recently. I think uh, developers made games with manuals in mind. Like, sure. Okay, people very are gonna read the point. manual. So very yeah, it's weird going point. back to now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very very good point too. Yeah. Like. Triangles like first first person view. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that oh was the action button until you, you just told me, so that's cool. Um yeah. X is duck and I think square is the shoot, right? And I think that's pretty much Yeah. Yeah. And um I think I, I forget if you have to have nothing in your hand to interact with the action button for like calling an elevator or something, but there's some weird trickery you have to pull sometimes to get things to go and they don't really guide you that way. But Yeah, that mm-hmm. and like even like having to have the level card equipped yeah to like open some doors i figured it'd just be like you know if i have it in my inventory i can just you know go through whatever but you have to have it equipped and stuff like that so yeah i guess that makes sense but like yeah that was something that was like, oh okay gotcha gotcha mm-hmm. so. quickly on the inventory on the card stuff i didn't understand the body salts thing like yeah. The card is using my body to radiate salt energy to open doors. I <laughs> like, what? I don't know why that made sense to me. Okay. But it kind of did. Where like, I think what it was saying is that like the the salts in the human body are used as a conduit and a means to administer an electromagnetic field that allows the card to like you know amplify its i guess number you know okay. amongst doors in its in its field so so when you get close to it since you're emitting that number via the salts in your body it'll just open the door you know like that's how i kind of <laughs> took it i'm like oh, okay it, like, all right like that like that stranding esque stuff make made made sense to me although it's like a weird kojima-esque way of just like introducing like wireless technology <laughs> <laughs> like wasn't available at the time yeah, it's like, uh, like NFC. Yeah, yeah. Like, near build yeah, connection. Gotcha. I couldn't just see why it's just not a regular like key card put in door like hotel thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, also, Omar, I was questioning it too because the DARPA chief is like, take mine, and it's like, so like, how does it does it transfer if it's like your body salts and it's your access card? Is it giving you clearance for a number? Is it is it giving you whoever the card owner is clearance to go into level one entry because it's a level one card or is it because the person assigned to the card has that a much access to everything because if it's a secure facility anybody could pick up a we'll see this but like anybody could pick up a high level card and walk on through so at that point yeah why not just make it a scan you know like yeah you just gotta get real sweaty yeah oh and then also the way snake was like oh like uh I'm thankful for this suit that like allows me to like avoid hypothermia and like da, 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 mm-hmm. you know 
it's like, oh, okay. Like, I guess that like wasn't really that necessary for you to have a definition as to why I'm not freezing to death. But yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. He got yeah. some booster shots too, and uh, help yeah. him not <laughs> yeah. freeze to death. I think like the most nostalgic thing about like the gameplay loop for this game for me at least is like the idea of having to find key cards like that is so cemented in like 90s to like early 2000s games where it's like oh, i got like <laughs> the spider-man one tie-in game where you have to go find the key cards like that just reminded me like just sent like triggers in my brain i was like this is an old game and yeah and I, I love doing that <laughs> the idea it of, having me of to like find resident evil yeah me too yeah yeah, yeah. For sure. resident evil yeah definitely i was like oh okay cool okay key cards gotcha okay mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out like uh, I think earlier this year, me and you, Christian, were trying to figure out like what started key cards. Like, was yeah. it was it Resident Evil or was it Pokemon? Or Pokemon did have key cards, right? Jack, yeah. we played it recently. The like the Team Rocket based in red and blue had key cards, right? I think so. Okay. So, were they a real yeah, thing I... then? <laughs> like, oh, like in bis- wait, in, like in real life? Well, I'm sure, right? But like, when did they get invented? Like, why and why did that like, become a game thing? You... 80s action movies, right? Yeah. Were, they, were key cards in there? I feel like that's about around the time we start getting key card technology. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, shout out to key cards. Shout out to key shout cards. Out to key cards. <laughs> so, I guess looking forward to next week's episode, um, I think the breakdown specifically on where we're going and where we're stopping, uh, we're picking up where we left off and we are going to the end of the uh psychomantis fight that's where we're stopping next week okay now i guess this might be more on on kevin because we know the gist of where we're going but like expectations for the next play session i think i was told to wait until myrtle gets the cargo door open to the north end so, so you called her already. facility yeah okay, yeah okay. yeah yeah and like when i called her again she's like yo give me give me time i'd ask me okay all right so i think when i go in probably start to ammo up see what's up um them going to the north building of the facility and we'll just see what happens i don't know um yeah i i i think i want answers but i feel like i'm not gonna get them okay. i feel like they're gonna throw more questions at me <laughs> which is fine but yeah so we'll see we'll see we'll see but but i'm definitely looking forward to it i want to see what's killing these people you know um what is what is the topics that they don't get to talk about because of their death you mm-hmm. know stuff like that um so we'll see We'll see. Also, does Liquid Snake just by chance look like me? Is it a brother? Is it a clone? You know? I don't know. You know? Mm-hmm. Good questions. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think also for all of us, next week should be a little longer than the play session this week, if my memory serves. Because I think our direct next step is we have to find um, I, I'm blanking on his full name right now. Hal. We have to find Hal. Hal um, Yeah. Hal yes. Oh, okay. And then, based on memory, the gap between him and Psychomantis is not, like, significant, but I feel like it's maybe twice the length of what we did this week. 
maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned this to you guys off air, but I think my I have my old like save data, and that took me 13 hours to get through. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, and this was one hour for us around. So I think we're gonna start like ramping up. So yeah, I think this is at least a two hour, maybe more play session. Probably yeah. Which is good. I I want more. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice little teaser this week. So uh, unless I think those were most of my major points to t- bring up um so i guess if we want to just all go around and give closing thoughts on week one and then shout out anything you want to plug we can uh do that so jack why don't you start sure yeah this was a game that i didn't expect to be like instantly hooked back into um because i played it in high school and i think my original ranking of the metal gears like in my head what it wasn't as high up um as some of the other games uh, but instantly, like, you could tell, like I said, the cinematic flair in this game, and even though the gameplay is, like, fine and, like, the tank controls or whatever, um, it's still, like, fun to get through and play, and, yeah, I'm just, I was instantly hooked in with the story, and by the end of the play session, I was sad that I, like, had to leave off for, like, another week, so I'm, I'm really excited to get back in. And, uh, what's your at? What do you want to shout out? Oh, you could follow me at Fascinated Jack. Um, and shout out to my girlfriend, Lauren, who I said, what do you think this game is about? And she's like, hmm, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, something about volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Explosions, right? Big, big toxic explosions. She's on the right track. Mm-hmm. And then I told her about like the, the tanks and like the nukes, and she's like, ah, oh, no, I was wrong. But yeah, yeah it's a, a solid guess, I would say. Very nice. Uh Omar, what's up? Sure. Um, I guess I'll just comment on that quickly. I, I feel like I've always kind of known about Metal Gear to where uh, I never really realized how dumb the name is until, like, years later. Yeah. Like, Metal Gear Solid. Like, Gears are metal, right? Yeah. And now it's solid. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, a great name. It's dumb, but I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I, Metal Gear, it's dumb, but I love it. I'm really enjoying the playthrough so far. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's cool. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, been a while since I've played a Metal Gear. Uh, again, this is my second time playing it. So um, yeah, uh, I regret being a programmer because I didn't get to die during the episode. Uh, <laughs> which uh, I wanted to hear that good old voice acting with the, you know, I'm sure you guys died, right? You heard the snake. Yeah, yeah, yes. uh-huh. yeah. It's classic. Awesome. Yes, it's so good. Yes. Um, if I may plug my stuff, I have a Twitter and a twitch channel uh they both go by ohms the chef uh on my twitch channel i'm playing uh majora's mask right now and that's it thank you for letting me plug of course yeah dope um dope same boat uh i this is a replay for me i think this is my third time playing it i think i might have done a half a playthrough at one point but um yeah i i really enjoyed it so far i always look back mentally on Metal Gear Solid 1 being just this really interesting time capsule that's still really relevant and for that reason it it I rank it pretty high in my series ranking and I've only played the other ones one time each so I'm curious to see how this goes but yeah I think the game makes a really strong first impression um grievances aside and I grievances sounds too negative but like the, the little setbacks aside, I think it's still a really, really great old game to go back to 
and picking it up, seeing the way that Kojima presents this world, these characters, the writing especially, it's been really comfortable and fun and it's it's comfort food in a way, but also it's just really, really exciting to be seeing this really in-depth, really relevant story um, in, what, 23 years after it came out? Like, that's pretty cool. Um, so I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to next week. And you can find can me... I say, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, for all this talk about how relevant the story is, yeah. I can't wait until we get the Metal Gear Solid 2. I just I can't wait. I, I can't wait. It's going to be crazy. I know. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, and my at everywhere, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, uh, Chun2D2. Um, so, uh, Kevin, you're next. Yeah. Uh, so far, I'm liking what we're uh, seem to be setting up here with uh, Metal Gear. A lot of questions, of course. You know, never played the franchise. I know a meme... And that's pretty much about it, honestly. Um, so uh, that's cool. And yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, like definitely a lot of intrigue, at least with with you know the first game. Uh, we'll see from a gameplay point of view because you know shooting not the best. You know, old games are old. It is what it is. But um, I don't think it feels like that bad. You know, the shooting is bad, but I think like everything else doesn't feel that bad. You know, so. Hype to see where we go with that. But aside from Metal Gear, YouTube.com says PlayStation Source. Uh, PlayStation content there as well. We are also doing Ratchet and Clank stream series as well. We're in the middle of Tools of Tools of Destruction, like in that. You know, we're on the second half of the Ratchet and Clank stream series, so that's going on well. And yeah, also on Games Clat, also on Gamescast, of course, and Twitter at PSSourceVids as well. Yeah, very nice. And uh, Kevin, you you're streaming your playthrough of this game every Saturday, right? I forgot. Yes. Yeah, so Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. right? Tagline: Think like Saturday morning cartoons, but it's not. You know, <laughs> it's 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 uh it's Metal Gear. So mm-hmm. we're doing that. Very excited for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you can check it out. You to come to plays and source. And if you miss a stream, they will be on a public playlist on the channel. You can watch them there if you miss out so very nice and omar i know you did stream this this week's playthrough i don't know if that's going to continue for you but the vod is still up on your twitch account right you can watch that i uh i think i'm streaming this every wednesday night i think nice 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 so tune in very cool if you'd like um so yeah that is chapter one i guess of metal gear solid for the long play club like I mentioned at the top of the show, this show will be posting every Monday on youtube.com slash joyclicks, 9 a.m. Uh, on the YouTube account and uh, podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any podcast service that you can use, really. Uh, if you can rate a review on that platform, it would be greatly appreciated. we got a new podcast feed for the show, so we got to get those numbers up. That's good. Um, and all future long play clubs, no matter what they be, will be under the same podcast feed. So you sub, you're in. Um, what else is there to do for housekeeping on that? Um, yeah, today is Monday, right? When this goes up, today is Monday. Maybe. Yes, I um, thought you said today. I was like, wait, no, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, can I say Metal Gear Mondays? Perfect. Oh, shit. Yes. Oh shit. Metal Gear Mondays. Oh, there shit. you go. Um, so if you would like to be following along, um, the Twitter 
at Joyclicks on Twitter. We'll also be tweeting out the the chunks we're playing every week, so you'll be able to follow along that way. Um, and yeah, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash joyclicks. If you want to get involved with any of the shows, you got a dollar tier, you got a $5 tier. $5 tier gets you producer credit for all of the podcasts and a shout out at the end of all of them and the description as well. And links to all of our stuff, all the playthroughs, uh, if you want to follow along with Kevin's or Omar's or anybody else, um, will be in the description as well. And yeah, I think that's going to do it. So does anybody have a clever idea for Metal Gear sign-off besides just Screaming Snake? That Damn, sounds pretty like, clever to me. I don't know. I can't like, like Screaming Snake, Loki. <laughs> all right. Okay. So we're going to do we're going to do a 3 2 1. <laughs> and then after one, we scream snake, okay? Deal. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. 3 2 1. Snake. snake!